All right, so for the last several weeks, folks, we have been looking at the witnesses to the cross, the people who were there and who saw firsthand the events of that weekend. And we have been seeking to find what it is that those witnesses can tell you and me and how we can learn and how we can grow and how we can draw closer to the Lord as a result of the testimony of the people who were there. So we looked at Simon of Cyrene, and then we looked at the thieves, we have looked at the Roman centurion, and we took a, la a look last week at the beloved disciples. This week, I would like to call as our next witnesses the women who stood at the foot of the cross, the women who followed Jesus. These are women who were cared for by Jesus and who cared for him in return. Women who helped him and who provided for him. These are also the women who refused to abandon him, even when all of the other disciples fled in fear. These women at the cross are mentioned in some form or another in each of the four Gospels. Matthew and Mark name three women. Luke just talks about the women. John names four women who were at the cross watching the Savior on that day. And these women were not only near to Jesus all throughout his ministry, but they were near to the cross. And I think that that's important for you and I to remember. They were with Jesus throughout his ministry, and they were with him, near to him, at the cross. And I believe that we're going to see through their witness that it was as a result of you and me drawing near to Jesus and then staying near to him and drawing near to the cross. Our lives, just like their lives, are going to be changed forever. So, so we as a church, we sing very often, especially in the uh, earlier service, we sing, Jesus, keep me near the cross don't we? We sing about kneeling at the cross and the old rugged cross. We sing, when I survey the wondrous cross. We sing about how there's always room at Calvary. But I cannot help but wonder, is Calvary a place that we really want to be? Is near the cross somewhere that you and I really want to be? Because I would propose to you that were you and I near to the cross, we would hear noises that I'm certain I wouldn't have wanted to hear. We would have heard the sound of a hammer banging on nails on that day at the cross. We would have heard the crack of a centurion's whip. Were you and I to draw near to the cross on that day, I'm sure we would have heard the mocking and the shouting and the cursing of the crowd. And we surely would have heard the pained moaning and gasping and screams of unfathomable, terrible pain from those who were being tortured there that day. There were some terrible sounds that were happening on that day at the cross that you and I would have heard had we drawn near. But then, had you and I drawn near to the cross on that day, we would have heard the unfathomably beautiful words of a Savior who forgave those who were sinning against him right there in the midst of their doing it. Near to the cross, you and I would have heard the words of a son 
trusting and crying out to a father that he knew was waiting there to receive him. And you and I would have heard the words of a child caring for and providing for his mother even with some of his very last breaths. Friends, there were both terrible and beautiful things that were happening at that cross. And the only way that you and I are going to understand them is to place ourselves there, to draw near. Now, you and I cannot go near physically to the cross like those women did on that day, but we can come spiritually to the cross. We can ponder and pray and contemplate and place ourselves right there where we need to be. And when you and I do that, we witness both the terrible and the beautiful things that happen there at that cross. And I believe that in order to begin to understand both the terrible and the beautiful, we ought first to consider Mary Magdalene. Because for Mary Magdalene, the cross of Jesus Christ was a place of redemption. It was a place of redemption. Luke tells us in his gospel that Mary Magdalene was a woman who had been possessed by seven demons. She was in bondage to them, folks. They made her do horrible and humiliating things. Those demons were in her life for the sole purpose of destroying her physically and emotionally and spiritually. They were out to wreak havoc upon her life. And Mary Magdalene was helpless against them. But then she met Jesus and he cast out those terrible demons, remember? And when he did, Jesus delivered her to a beautiful new life. It was a life that was free from bondage that hindered her for as long as she could remember. Terrible and beautiful collide right there in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you what's left standing in the end. The beautiful the beautiful. Standing there at the foot of the cross on that day, Mary Magdalene once again witnessed the terrible because she saw an angry crowd. She saw soldiers gambling for the garment of her Lord. She heard things yelled to him that hurt her heart. She heard terrible, but consider this. Because Mary Magdalene never left, she never gave up on her Lord because she stuck there with him. Do you know what happened three days later? She was the very first to be witness to the beautiful. Mary went to anoint him and with the others on that Sunday. And remember what she heard? She thought it was the gardener, but it wasn't. It was her risen savior. And he said her name, Mary. Mary. She heard the beautiful sound of the Savior calling her by name. Friends, I want you to consider that there are things that seek to keep you and me in bondage in this life. There are things that threaten to take over our lives. There are things that cause us to do things that we know we ought not to do. But when we take those things to the foot of the cross, when we encounter the Lord Jesus, when we draw near to him with what it is in our lives that is terrible, he makes it beautiful. 
Jesus delivers us from that bondage. He casts away that which is terrible and he brings us to a beautiful new life because that's what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Because of what he did, you and I are given beautiful new life and blessed new purpose and bountiful new hope. And when you and I stay by him, when we refuse to walk away when everyone else walks away, do you know what you're going to hear? That's right. You're going to hear that Savior one day call your name. He will call your name. And I guarantee you on the day that he does, in the moment you hear it, it will be the most beautiful sound your ears have ever heard. The cross for Mary Magdalene and for you and me, folks, it is a place of redemption from that which seeks to harm us. It is a place where we are invited and welcomed into a beautiful, new, and eternal life. The next witness I want to call to the foot of the cross is Salome. Salome found that cross to be a place of rebuke. A place of rebuke. Now you might be saying, ew, I don't want to go there if what I'm going to find there is rebuke, because who likes to be rebuked, really? I don't want to hear you tell me the things in my life that I'm doing wrong. But if we stick together and we listen to Salome, I think maybe we're going to learn that we do, in fact, need just a little bit of rebuke in our lives. So who was Salome? Salome, we believe, was the sister of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was the wife of Zebedee. And she was the mother of James and John. Now you might remember, we read in the gospel that this is the mother who asked Jesus, can my two sons have places of honor in your glory? She wanted one of them to sit at the right hand of Jesus and one of them to sit at the left hand of Jesus on the throne. And I get it. I get it that she asked those things of the Lord Jesus because I'm a mom. You moms, we know we just want the very best for our kids, right? And, but, and what she was asking for was maybe a little bit of preferential treatment. I've done that in my life. But what she was asking for was looked upon by many, old cross history, as maybe a little bit selfish. Maybe just a little bit selfish. And you might remember that Jesus answered her by reminding her that she had no idea what it was that she was asking of him. He said, can they drink from the cup that I'm going to drink? And when he said that to her, Jesus was referring to this very moment when he hung on that cross. Because Salome, a place next to the throne of heaven is not just given for the asking. There was great sacrifice. There was great suffering that would happen before the final reward of heaven was going to be realized. There could be no crown, folks, had there not been a cross. There could be no feasting at the Lord's table without the drinking of the Lord's cup of suffering. In fact, Jesus didn't even return to his heavenly throne until he had suffered on that earthly cross. And it turns out that Salome's sons did, in fact, share in the cup of Jesus' suffering. James was smartered. John was exiled before each of them went home to glory. And as you and I remember the cross that day and we seek to learn from Salome, I wonder if maybe your own selfish desires come to mind. 
mine do, because believe me, most of the stuff I've done in this world, I've done to benefit my own self. It's just our human nature. It's just how we're wired as human beings. But Jesus says to you and me, are you willing to drink this cup? Are you willing to drink this cup? And I wonder how many of us, when he asks us, that will say, Lord, listen, no, I, I don't, I don't, I just want the blessings. I don't want the cup. I just want the answers to my prayer, but you can keep all that suffering. You can keep all that sacrifice. I'm not really interested in all of that. And when Jesus says, are you willing to suffer for me? How many of us are going to respond by saying, listen, Lord, I, I just want things to work out. I just want things to go all good for me. I'm not really here to sign up for the suffering. That's yuck. You go ahead and keep your terrible, and I just can sign me up for the beautiful, okay? All right? But Salome's witness, folks, it reminds each and every one of us that the cross of Jesus Christ is a place of very much needed rebuke. We need to be reminded that sometimes we're a little selfish, but on that cross, Jesus showed us what it looked like to be a servant. Jesus showed us on that cross what it looked like to suffer for another. He showed us what it looked like to be unselfish. And so the cross for us becomes a place where we can refocus, where we can see things just a little bit differently. I pray, Mount Hope United Methodist Church, that you and I will be brave enough to drink from his cup. That we will be brave enough to stand there and stay there at the foot of the cross. And that we will be pliable to the change that he calls for us to make. Because only then can you and I be worthy of the crown that he has for those who are. And the last witness I want us to hear from today is Mary the mother of Jesus, because for Mary, the mother of Jesus, that cross was a place of reassurance. It was a place of reassurance. You know, as Jesus's mother stood before that cross, Jesus gave her the reassurance that she was going to be okay. And he did that when he entrusted her to his beloved disciples. Woman, he said, here is your son. You know, I think back to Luke 2, 35 is the very beginning of Jesus's life when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple and they encountered a man named Simeon. And Simeon prophesied over Mary and he said, a sword will pierce your own soul. A sword will pierce your soul. And let me tell you something, folks, as a mother myself, I can tell you unequivocally that a sword certainly did pierce Mary's soul. Friends, that woman watched her son be targeted by the Pharisees in his life. She witnessed him betrayed by his friend. She saw him judged by Pilate and beaten by the guards and dragged through the streets and hung on a Roman cross. The little hands that she held in her own when he was a child were now hands that were nailed in place. Held by nails. The precious skin that she had caressed and bathed when he was young, now hanging in bloody ribbons from his body. I imagine that Mary would have removed every splinter that Jesus would have gotten working in his father's carpenter shop. And now great big thorns were crushed into his head and there was nothing that she could do about it. 
the little teeth that she would have so meticulously cared for when he was young had been knocked right out from out of his mouth in front of her. Friends, for years, Mary was privileged to gaze into the face of the Son of God. And now she couldn't even identify the face that she saw hanging before her on the cross. Yeah, yeah, a sword surely did pierce her soul. But when Jesus saw his mother there, he had compassion. And he reassured her that she was going to be okay. In spite of what you're seeing, mom, you're going to be okay. John's going to take care of you, mom, in my place while I go and prepare for you a wondrous place. Mary, as she was near to that cross, received reassurance from that cross. Reassurance that she was going to be okay. That Jesus was going to care for her even when she couldn't see him. And that there was a bright and glorious future that was waiting for her. And friends, when you and I come near to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, we too are given reassurance. It's as if he looks down and sees us there at the foot of the cross and he says, listen, I know what you did, but here I am taking the guilt of all of that on me so that it's not on you. And I'm placing people right here in your life who will help take care of you on my behalf. And I'm preparing a place so that where I am, you may also be. Maybe as you draw near to the cross, you hear him say, I know that what you're seeing today might look like it's terrible, but I promise you, I promise you, it's going to be beautiful because my beloved here on this very cross, the terrible is swallowed up by the beautiful. The cross, friends, it's a place of redemption. It's a place of rebuke and it's a place of reassurance, all of which you and I need so that we can be carried through this life with hope and so that we can be the very best disciples of the Lord that we can be. This is where we learn. It's at the foot of the cross. And when we look at the women who drew near to the cross of Jesus Christ, it's where we reassured it's where we're redeemed. It's where we're rebuked. Won't you draw near to the cross of Jesus Christ? Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain. Redemption, rebuke, and yes, reassurance. Low from Calvary's mountain. Amen.